Anything else you want to embarrass me about, Dylan? Um, no, I just wanted to make sure everyone knew that you put your money where your mouth is. Um, and also, I guess, copious amounts of alcohol. California. Keeping up with the Coens, an OC box set rewatch podcast. Hello and welcome back to Keeping Up with the Coens 2021, baby. We made it. Baby, we made it. We, we made, made it. it. I was like, where's the, where's the fanfare? Yeah, we made it. It's 2021. It's a new year, guys. Uh, 2020 is over. Uh, we did technically record this episode in 2020, so we don't know if the year actually flipped or not. We could just be an extra 2020 bonus overtime. I don't know. Um, but we're here. We're back. We're discussing two more episodes of the OC. We'll be rounding out disc four, I believe. Is that right? Four or five? Yeah, it's the Seth disc. I don't know the number. I just we're know rounding it's Adam out, Brody's We're disc. rounding out the Seth disc with episodes 15 and 16 of our favorite show, the OC. I want to begin today by saying Happy New Year to Chelsea Trinidad. Oh, thanks, guys. It's going to be a great new year. I think there's some big things happening for me in 2021. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. What about you guys? How are y'all feeling about the new year? I agree with you, Chelsea. I think you're going to have a huge year. And I also want to say hello and go fuck yourself to Dylan Irwin. (laughs) Hey, I love you too. And that's the kind of energy that I'm hoping everyone's going to be bringing into 2021. I don't necessarily think big things are going to be happening for me. I like to think that I've reached a nice little plateau of semi-stardom thanks to this podcast. And I just kind of want to maintain that, maybe do some cameos. Um, But I personally (laughs) have never been more excited to get vaccinated than I am this year. Oh, you can stick me with whatever needle you want. I'm so pumped about this. (laughs) I have no words. I have no words. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so there you go. If you guys want to uh, stick Chelsea with your needle, you can find us on (laughs) Instagram at CohensPod, C-O-H-E-N-S-P-O-D, or you can send us an email if you want to talk about that or any other thing we've ever done or the OC in general. Uh, Cohenspod at gmail.com C-O-H-E-N-S-P-O-D at gmail.com Guys, we got all of our chit-chat out during our bonus episode that we released two weeks ago now. Um, so you want to just dive into these episodes? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so we're going to start with uh, episode number 15 of season one of The O.C. This episode is called The Third Wheel. It features Sandy Cohen on screen for exactly 12 minutes. Dylan, what else do we need to know about this episode? This episode originally aired on January 7th, 2004, to 9.4 million viewers. It was written by Melissa Rosenberg. Our numbers are up. I'm assuming that the same thing can be said about this podcast. People were missing the OC uh, over the uh, over the new year, and so everyone came back and were ready to start 2004 with some, uh, some high-quality writing from Melissa Rosenberg. Indeed, indeed. This is... Um... In case you probably know if you've watched the OC, but this is what we refer to as the Rooney episode because it features the band Rooney. Um, so it's hard to like not choose them as the music moment of the episode because I, we all love we all hear we love Rooney. Oh, um, I can give you band. a counter on this though because this was just an episode that had a lot of good music. No, I was it I did. agree actually. I had what I was going to say. We open with uh, in the Cohen's kitchen and we open with Saturday morning by the Eels, uh, which is 
a, kind of a weird song by the Eels, but uh, it's cool that it made it on its way to the OC and as well as the OC soundtrack uh, mix one, I believe. Well, it's a really iconic opening um, because what's happening in this episode is Haley has moved into their house for the time being, and she has basically um, messed up everyone's groove. So it's a really fun opening. Like, she takes all of the bagels, and they show Sandy looking for a bagel. Um, Ryan goes to pour himself a glass of orange juice, and only a tiny bit comes out, and they show her just, like, sipping on a gigantic glass. And then, um, you know, Seth goes and looks for the newspaper, and she took most of it, so all that he was left with were the classifieds. Kirsten was trying to drink her breakfast wine. (laughs) <laughs> which he apparently had either taken or hidden from her. Um, yeah, so just the open the open is uh, is them hanging out there. They have like a side, they have like a huddle in the foyer about Haley and what they're going to do. Uh, Haley has no friends. Sandy, I believe, says at one point he wants to physically fight her. Um, I think he did say, I'll fight her. And uh, he doesn't want to be left with English muffins, so they got to figure out something to do with Haley. Boom, bang, California, here we come. Opening credits. Uh, from there... I have it broken down into kind of what's what's going on with all with all the kids, what's going on uh, with the adults, and then oh, when I say the kids, I mean Ryan, Marissa, Oliver, and the return of our boy Luke. Luke. We also have a little bit about, little bit about uh, Seth, Summer, and Anna. But let's start with Ryan, Marissa, and I was it was like I didn't know where to put Luke into this. I was like I'll put I'll put Luke up here with Ryan, Marissa, and Oliver. We're a very pro Luke pod, so he he deserves t- front billing. I forgot he was kind of just hanging around for this. I forgot, I forgot that he didn't just leave mm-hmm. immediately. I forgot he kind of hangs around for a couple episodes. Um, that's what's made these last He's few episodes so that we're covering today so good. Um, young Tate Donovan. Dylan, I'm sorry to say this. He is more handsome than Tate Donovan. Just a little. Well... No, he's so hot. He, I mean, he if you're he looks that. like an Abercrombie and Fitch model. I remember thinking that as soon as I saw him on the show. And then come find out, oh my God, that is how he got started. He's also still hot, by the way. Yeah, he is. His politics are hot too. Oh yeah, his yeah. politics are super. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm hot for Luke. Um, I was gonna say I I didn't do this in the bonus episode. Um, just very quickly, I took a kind of a stroll through all of the OC uh, cast members Instagram pages because we follow them all on Keeping Up with the Coens Coens Pod, and I was just kind of um interested to see which cast members who follows who on Instagram. Um, because for them to not follow all for them to not all follow each other is just like clearly they're yeah, favorites. Shade, um, yeah. But like most of them don't follow each other. The two with the most followers, I think, were Ben McKenzie and Melinda Clark. Weirdly, I believe Melinda oh. Clark is the only one that um, Misha Barton follows. Wow. Hey, and you're burying the lead here. Something very important happened on our Instagram recently involving OC celebrities. Oh my god, I we forgot. Got, we we got one of our photos liked by Tate Donovan. <laughs> it was a big moment yeah. for our little Instagram account. Huge moment for our group chat. I am convinced that the reason I am now uh, allowed to work from home is because I started scream crying in my office when I saw <laughs> that Tate Gabriel Donovan liked one of our photographs. Are you sure that you didn't get fired? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there were, there were some words exchanged, but I couldn't really hear. Um, yeah, so Rachel Bilson is followed by, I think, no one from the OC. Um, sorry, Autumn Reeser. Mm. Autumn Reeser is the only one that follows Rachel Bilson. No one follows Autumn Reeser. Um, I believe that... Um, Ben McKenzie and Melinda Clark are each followed by like two cast members, but I just thought that's really interesting. They, I guess they're not, they're not buds after all. Yeah. That surprises me. Huh? So we, we're in the pool house now. Um, Seth and Ryan are hanging out. They're talking. Seth thinks Ryan is whipped about Marissa, which 
he kind of is, but at the same time, this is like the happiest we've seen Ryan. Like this scene, I was like, this is like the most normal. There's no chaos yet. Ryan just seems happy in a relationship with Marissa. Can I ask a beta cuck question? Of course. <sighs> Boy, I, I was I can't believe it took this long for you to ask that question. <laughs> well, I don't have a comic book minute this episode, so I have to fill my time somehow. <laughs> What's so bad about being whipped? I've never understood that. Isn't isn't like simping kind of the mo- the modern form of being whipped? I don't think it's. Sim- I I thought that simping was was like doing a whole lot of stuff for someone who doesn't like even know you exist or doesn't care that you exist. Simping is kind of just like I want to do. I'm gonna do too much because I think this girl will sleep with me. Yeah, and I thought being whipped was just like I don't know. I got called whipped a lot. In, in high school, among other things. Those were the nicer things that people said. And, and I'm just like, well, so what? I have a girlfriend and I like to do nice things for her. Why is that a bad thing? And I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, Chelsea, what's your take on all of this? I, no. Have you ever accused someone of being whipped or anything like that? Well, it's weird because literally no one has ever said that about any of my boyfriends ever. And granted, mm. I haven't always had the best taste in boyfriends, but I have a really good husband <laughs> right now and no one even calls him whipped. But that's because everyone knows he's like, very, we, we very much have the kind of relationship where he lets me do whatever I want. I let him do whatever I want. So we're both very independent, but also very connected. Swingers parties. Oh, no. Gross. No, not in that way. <laughs> Party. Yeah. So the, Seth thinks Ryan's whipped. I don't think. I do think that when we were in, in like middle school and high school that like doing nice things for someone or showing someone that you cared is like frowned upon, especially in the era we grew up in. Um, Toxic masculinity. emotions. There's nothing wrong with being whipped. I'm very pro being whipped, and I don't mean that in the Rihanna S&M way. Um, <laughs> Seth is upset that he that Ryan spent too much time with Marissa. He's trying to get some Seth Ryan time on the books, which I remember loving that line. So they try, they try and figure it out. Marissa shows up, ruins everything as per usual. They go to high school. That's where they go. And they there's a really weird scene where they can't figure out where to go with or without each other. Like, she has to go to class. He's like, well, I'll walk you. And it's like, they're so clearly, like, super codependent on each other. Yeah, I had a physical reaction to Marissa's shirt in that first episode. Her Margaret Thatcher shirt. <laughs> did you see? Like, I did not. I was, I was, I was seriously hoping that that would not be the outfit of the episode, and so I am thankful um, because my note literally just says Marissa is dressed like Margaret Thatcher <laughs> because I've been watching too much of The Crown. Mar- Marissa had some weird fashion choices, um, but but there were a lot of interesting outfits. So no, that didn't make the cut. Don't worry. Um, but then, um, I don't know if you have any scenes in between this, but they, they run into Luke in the parking lot, right? Yeah, that's the next, that's the next oh, thing for Ryan. That's the next thing for our little group here is Luke's tires are getting slashed because he has a gay dad, I guess. Uh, it's not a good look Again, for toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, but like, it's a cool moment where Ryan and Luke kind of start to bond. We never know if the tire gets fixed or not. Ryan starts to help him and is like, <laughs> fuck it, we're not helping. We're going to the Cohen's house. So they go to the Cohen's house and they're playing video games. Uh, they're playing, I think, Madden, and Luke is being a dude that's playing Madden. I love Luke. I just, I love him in the scene. The more Luke and Seth kind of, now they don't really butt heads, but the more they're clearly like not pitted against each other either. But you know what I mean? They're like, they're so total opposite people. But when you put those two together in scenes and they play off of each other, it just makes me hate Seth more. Yeah, that's what I wrote down. Seth is a jackass. Like, Luke is so pure. He's so earnest. He's the nicest guy in the bunch easily at this point. And Seth just kind of mutters snarky things. Like, it, it... at the time, I thought it was really cute, and I was like, oh, my God, Seth is so smart and adorable. But watching it again as a 31-year-old, I mean, it felt just like he he felt better than Luke. Like, he thought he... Like, 
I'm better than you, Luke. Yeah. And that was kind of the air that he came at with all of his jabs. And I didn't like it. Luke's just a fucking golden retriever. And Seth was just like, under his breath, was like, oh, Luke has a gay dad. Luke has a gay dad. And it's like, dude, sh- come on. Forget this. I'm out. So I'm Leslie, out ha- Leslie had a theory. Mm-hmm. Leslie had a theory. And we talked about this in the group chat. And it's... I'm starting, I'm in, well, I'm whipped, so I, I, I agree with it. <laughs> um, but I kind of brought up the points that we made about Seth secretly being a terrible human being and not charming and, and, and funny and nerdy like we remember. And she kind of brought up the point. And so, like, for some background, Leslie has three brothers um, on both both sides, like older brother and younger brothers. And she said that Seth might not be a prick. He just might be a 15-year-old guy. And I tend to, like, looking at it through that lens, I can kind of see that. But when you have Luke, kind of like you said, um, kind of, up against him and personality wise, I can kind of see, well, it's like, yeah, I I agree. You know, Seth may be acting like a 15 year old guy, but so is Luke. And so it is possible to not be a total and complete prick. So what's going on? I, here? I don't know. So to, to, to go out further with that theory is that as we watched it for the first time, when we were 15, 16, we didn't feel the jackassery because we were in that same mindset. So I think it's a really good mm-hmm. theory. But the things that contrast mm-hmm. it is that it was written by an adult. Yeah. And I don't know. And also, as not a parent yet, but hopefully one at some point in my life, if my 15-year-old was rolling their eyes and saying the snarky shit that Seth was, Mm -hmm. I would um, kick their ass. Hell yes. Pod, dude, pod mom coming in hot. Oh, yeah. Um, Pod mom. I take my duties seriously. Uh, Since I am the outfit queen of this episode, there's a lot of really notable ones. But I do want to make a call out. in this scene where they're playing video games and Luke goes full on alpha male shouting at the TV and doing his whole thing. He's wearing a flannel shirt and khakis, both definitely from Abercrombie and Fitch. And he pairs them in the wintertime with Adidas slides. So I just thought that was an interesting choice. Yes. It's my, uh, Adidas slides have been my chosen footwear of the pandemic. I need to buy myself some still. Cause I, I feel like slides are the new Birkenstocks for people of my persuasion, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, I would agree with that. And I really... Yeah. I I, I broke my Birkenstocks. So they came apart and I tried to fix them with Gorilla Glue <laughs> and I put too much on. And so it looks like they're... Um, I have rabid Birkenstocks right now. You guys are going to want to kick my ass for multiple reasons for telling you this, but I scuffed a pair of Gucci loafers and um, I still had kind of like the scuffed piece and I tried to Gorilla Glue... <laughs> back together and of course it turned out terribly so i this is a judgment-free zone um and so i'm proud of you for trying to fix a problem that's the truth that i want to make sure that you understand well, wow you. dylan's so fucking whipped by chelsea my god <laughs> i am the whipped member of this podcast i am whipped by ryan and i am whipped by chelsea we we wield a lot of power in these hearts mm-hmm so um, we're at, we're at the Cohen's house. They're, I like this group of like Luke, Seth, and Ryan hanging out playing video games. I, I would just watch that oh, for yeah. a whole episode. It's great. But it, they're inter- they're uh, interrupted again by Marissa again because Marissa ruins everything. She is at <laughs> uh, Oliver's house, which is the penthouse of the Four Seasons, and they're having Moroccan food. There's like the server, like the guy who delivered the food is there, and he's like feeding it to her, and it's like, oh my god, I hate all That's of this. So weird. So weird. 
Um, he they invite Ryan to come to Oliver's penthouse. Ryan breaks up the fun time with the boys. Wait a minute, hold go. up. Why do we think? Why do we think it was the delivery guy feeding it to Marissa? It was obviously Oliver. Oh. No, it oh, was. No, the delivery guy was there. Yeah, but Oliver was feeding it to yeah, her, yeah, which yeah. is incredibly forward. Oh, I thought yeah, you meant yeah. that the delivery guy was feeding it to her. I was like, whoa. Okay. No, no, no. I was just surprised when like they're like at his house and there was a third person in the scene. I was like, who the fuck is that? It took me a minute to realize it was like a delivery situation. Oh, well, um, now we're used no. to DoorDash where they leave it at the door and then dash away. So that's why this is very yeah, someone coming us. into that's your house. Where it comes from. Someone coming into your house is so weird to me that that happens. But yeah, <laughs> I know that was pretty normal for the time, I think. Um, so they, they break up happy time, fun group with Ryan, uh, Luke and Seth. So they all go over to Oliver's penthouse. They're sitting on the ground. They're eating Moroccan food. Oliver's being a douche and really trying to show like how cultured he is about his fucking family. I hate He's that. like flexing yeah. about all of his casual rich people things. He's talking about the places he's gone. Um, he asked Ryan if he's ever been to Europe or Paris and Ryan's like, I hated that. oh, isn't the Louvre cool? Like, cause that's like the most, well, obviously that's where the Mona Lisa is. And he's just such a jackass. Like, oh no, it sucks. Like, I just fucking hate people like that. Like one uppers. I just. Mm-mm. I want you to know that I, I had a note in here that said the Rodin Museum is actually not even that good. And then I erased it and replaced it with, wait, am I Oliver? Oh. Um, so again, once again, I'm you're not the building Oliver our case. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you've seen a picture of him now, the dude turned into a zaddy. I showed it to Chelsea and oh, it's really? unrecognizable. Really? It's, no, it's the one that I, it's the one that I sent into yeah, the text group. Gr- we'll, we'll post wait, it on the gram for you guys. <laughs> that's I Oliver. had that exact no same reaction. Way. Yeah. yeah, dude. I would put up with any amount of psychosis if I knew that my dude was going to turn out like that. Oh my God. I see it now that you've said it. Holy shit. That blows my mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not ready to move on from this yet. Fuck. Yeah. yeah I thought it was like uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan for or something. Uh, yeah, I know. It looks like Jeffrey Dean Morgan or Javier Bardem. <laughs> like he looks like just like a gristled like... I don't know. It it looks like a picture that would be in like a magazine. It's just like beautifully done. Wow. It's, it's really really weird. Oliver, we, got if hot. we remember, we will post it. We will post it. He long bottomed. Damn, good for you, Oliver. You know what? You're a piece of shit, but I respect your glow up. Um, <laughs> there's a couple of great Luke, a couple of great Luke lines here when they're talking about. Um, first of all, he was so excited that like Oliver's had like boarded. He's like, you boarded the Alps. I was like, oh, Luke, I love you. Oh, and the whole time he's holding like a turkey leg, which makes it even better, too. <laughs> oh, he's going in on that turkey leg, too. And then yeah. he has a line where he's like, French chicks don't even shave their armpits. <laughs> like Home Alone. I, I had just watched Home Alone yesterday, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Um, This scene ends because they're, they're, Rooney comes on the radio, and they're all just like, yeah, I fucking love Rooney. And I was like, this never happens in any sort of social situation. But Rooney's playing a show tomorrow night, and no one knew about it. I guess everyone knew about it, but no one could get tickets. I guess everyone tried. It's sold out. Oliver just hits him with like, the, well, do you want to go? I'll just call their manager. Bring everyone. We'll get you backstage. And I just need to know, because there are a lot of things between this episode and the next one, I honestly don't remember if we're ever if it's ever explained how Oliver's able to pull all this shit off is if it's explained you don't need to tell it to me I can't remember and I think that we only have I think next week will end the Oliver um, arc and so we can kind of have an Oliver recap but I don't remember them explaining no it's just it's just because he's like super privileged his parents own like uh, Ritz Carlton's all over the country so I mean probably 
the manager stays at Ritz Carlton's or something. I don't, or they have a corporate sponsorship. It's something. It's like rich people stuff, you know. But like even when the band, even when the band, we'll get to it. But when the band rolls up, they like say hey to him. That is weird. I did. I wrote that down because I did. I did think that was strange that the band knew who he was. So they all agree they're going to go to Rooney. Um, We. There's a quick scene of Ryan and Marissa in the pool house again where she's like making him listen to the album right before they go to the show, which I think is a weird move. And she's just like, do you like Rooney? Do you like them? And he's just like, yeah, they're fine. Like if someone was doing that to me, I'd be like, yeah, they're fine. Even if it was a good band, I'd be like, I hate them now because of this. Yeah, go away. Um, I have two notes about that. First of all, Blue Side, such a bop. Um, yes. Second of all, I don't Opening know track. how Rooney had such a um, they had such a, a niche where they were kind of the teen cameo band. Um, in case you guys don't remember, the lead singer in the band were actually they were, he was the love interest in Princess Diaries also. And the lead singer in the band, if I remember correctly, is Robert Schwartzman, Schwartzman, who's Jason Schwartzman's brother. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember if we discussed this on the pod or or off mic, but we think or that Jason Schwartzman may have actually written California when he was the drummer for Phantom Planet. Because, Ryan, Mm -hmm. weren't you saying that he was a songwriter, too, when he was was a co-writer of that song? And he was the drummer for um, the first album when they released that song. Yeah. Yeah. I had completely forgotten that they were related, and I had a note for whenever they all got out of the out of the, the tour bus and said hi to Oliver. I was like, "Wow, the entire band looks like Jason Schwartzman." And then I was like, "Oh, I get oh, it. Oh, now I see why. Genetic. Um, why do we think Dominant that defensive. Seth uh, warmed up to Oliver so quickly? He wants stuff. Yeah, I mean that that would feed into our theory that Seth was a jackass. We kind of figured that in the next episode, Seth is very into Oliver. But even mm-hmm. Luke was, yeah. Even Luke was kind of early to be like, "This guy sucks." <laughs> so it's like, yeah, Seth is just Seth is wooed by material things. He he only wants what he can't have, as demonstrated by uh, his love interest Jeez. situation at the moment. He just he likes the big shiny things, and he just wants it. And then once he gets it, he wants to move on to the next thing. But like right now, he wants what Oliver has. I think it's kind of funny that throughout this whole arc, um, Anna and Summer are completely indifferent to Oliver. Like, I don't think there's ever even any words exchanged between any of those characters. We never learn again from last week's episode or a couple weeks ago now, I guess. We we still never learned why Anna was at Oliver's penthouse party. Like, none of this is ever explained and I need answers. Um, Rooney, great band. Their first record, that the one, the one that Blue Side is on, the one they were touring around when they did the show, not on vinyl. Not on vinyl. You cannot find it. Seriously? It's not, it's not like it was ever, it's not like it was just pressed once and it's hard to find. Literally never put out on vinyl. And it's like one of the things I want more than anything. But uh, Yeah, that surprised me because the, the album artwork is so suited for a beautiful vinyl. Um, we learned this is Ryan's first concert. Marissa says this is your first Whoa. concert, which is kind of crazy. Uh, I guess there was no like mosh pits happening in Chino, but... I liked her pseudo-crimped hair. That was a nice touch. Marissa looked good. Now we're going to the concert. Um, they're not on the list. Uh, the list lady was Uh-oh. kind of kind of a dick. <laughs> uh oh, everyone. Uh, I forgot to do my <laughs> I forgot to do my I forgot to do my recap at the top. I, I'm sorry. Uh oh, everyone. I fucked up. Uh, the list lady's kind of a dick. Um, and Luke has a great line where he's talking to Seth, and he's like, "There's a lot of freaks here, huh, Cohen?" There's a lot of freaks here, huh, Cohen? Yeah. Good job, Luke. This should help make us a lot of friends. Seth. His outfit, he's actually wearing the outfit that his comic book counterpart, The Ironist, wears in the Atomic County comic. Yeah, the skinny and, tie uh, with bomber jacket. It's actually a good look. Oh, my gosh. That actually, I list, I had several outfits of the episode because they were so like distinctive, and that's one of them. And I wrote on there that he looked like a, a shitty, skeezy uh, music producer. 
uh, you know, he kind of exactly he right. kind of reminded me of uh, you know, the guy in A Star Is Born that like uh, takes on Lady Gaga. No, 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 no. Oh, kind, the other guy. Yeah, like that's the now Sam Neil. <laughs> Sam, Sam Elliott. Yeah. Oh shit! No, Sam not Neil, Sam. Not Sam. <laughs> Sam. Sam. I know. It's like the Jurassic Park guy. Yeah. Welcome oh, to Jurassic yeah. Park. <laughs> Lady Gaga. Oh my god! No, uh, the, the little the little born. guy okay. that I think I think is a music producer in real life, but that's so something he would do, and then he would add like synth and like all kinds of stuff. But I don't know. That it reminded me of something <laughs> he would wear. Um, we get our first summer sighting of the episode. She shows up. We don't know she's coming. She joins. She joins the group in line. Um, they're at this music venue. This is not the bait shop, by the way. Like as far as I know, this is not the bait shop because the bait shop hasn't is not open. It doesn't. They don't talk about it opening until later. Um, so this is just some random venue. Uh, the venue. In my head cannon, it's the crab restaurant. It is a baby that's the crab restaurant. Um, but we do have Ben Folds and Jamiroquai posters on the wall. Oh, two oh, yes. fantastic artists. Um, so if you guys want to know yeah. something funny, is I actually went on a fun little date to see Rooney in high school. They were playing at the legendary Kane's Ballroom. Ooh. Yeah, it was, it was a good nice. date too with like a real hunky guy and um, stayed good friends with them through high school and college. I actually kind of encouraged them to ask one of my sorority friends out and now they're married and have two kids it's really crazy oh my gosh so we have four potential listeners out of this concert you and rooney are responsible for those children congratulations they are they don't they don't get into the concert so they uh have to go they have to like leave we're wondering where oliver is really crazy i didn't realize this song was in this episode but they play burn baby burn by ash for like five seconds while they're walking through the parking lot which is a really great song from that era that I just didn't know was ever on the OC. But then Oliver kind of shows up. He kind of emerges from this other area on the other side of the parking lot. (laughs) Yeah. He shows up um, from the other side of the parking lot and he shows up at the same time as Rooney. And so Rooney's like loading in and they're saying hi to him. He's saying hi back. And I'm just wondering what the fuck, like how does he pulling this off? And he even says to the, he even looks over the security guy and just gives him the really cool. This is, this is my posse. Like the head nod and like whenever mm-hmm. Rooney greets Oliver, it is like the kind of, you know, hand shake, hug, backpack combo that bros really like. Oh, Pre-COVID. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, but we, we also, we discover that Natalie is not with Oliver. Natalie is his girlfriend that he keeps talking about, but she uh, could not make it to his New Year's Eve party and she also could not make it to the Rooney concert. It's because she can't make it into existence. <laughs> Ooh, got him. Get fucked, Oliver. <laughs> God. Oh, I'm so stupid. Damn, that was like I was like Dylan just went bully mode for a minute. I love it. I can get I can get pretty mean if I if the occasion calls for it. <laughs> it's funny that they that all the Oliver gives them like all access passes because like all access passes don't generally exist for shows that aren't like festivals or ginormous arena shows because they're just at a club. There's just like a tiny backstage it's just area. A backstage pass, yeah. right? And then later when they're going to the show, Oliver complains about being behind tall guys. I'm like, you don't have all access passes if you're stuck behind dudes you can't see over. Yeah, that just I bet that just means they they can like take dumps in Rooney's bathroom backstage. That's what the all access. Well, pass I would means. expect it to mean that they could watch it from the wings, but clearly that's not what they did. So this is where we go back. This is where we're backstage. We see Luke backstage sitting alone on the arm of a couch while some dude uh, tunes a guitar, which I thought was strange. Um, Luke and Summer are just kind of on their own, and they get more into that in the next episode. But um, Mm. 
Oliver asks him if he plays, and he says, yeah, which I did not know this about Luke. Oliver hands him a guitar, and Luke launches into his own original song. Dylan, what would you like to say about this original song? I wanted so badly to not like this song, but it sounded so much like everything I listened to in 2004 that I couldn't help but love it. I didn't know how much I wanted a Luke album, but I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, I can get a kind of Luke album because he is a recording artist today, isn't he? Yeah. I should have dug deeper into that. He's doing, he released a song with his, I think wife recently. I don't know if they're doing full on music careers now, or if that was just like a charity. I don't know. Uh, But he does have a song that is available somewhere. I did not listen to it. On the opposite edge at the end of the bay. You act like you don't hear me coming. Well, I will say the the lyrics that we do hear from the song, the opening lyric, was just the first time I saw your eyes, I knew we'd get it on. I knew. That's so romantic. God, Luke, what a what a guy. So the concert starts. Ryan's lost in the crowd, like looking for Marissa because you know she's hard to find. She lives outside. She's very uh, <laughs> sneaky. He's looking for Marissa. She's she's, she's with Oliver. Um, I've noted this is not the bait shop. Ryan kind of grabs Marissa and takes her away from Oliver to the stairwell. So that he's, I think he's trying to fuck her in the stairwell or something. He's yeah, he's like, he's um, like, let's have a very inappropriate, like, session. I don't know. I, that always annoys me. Like if you're with your mm-hmm. friends, like you don't need to be sucking face. Like you can do other activities. The crimped hair and all the Mountain Dew just gets him going. <laughs> That's right. We see a scene of Oliver alone at the concert, and he's just like jonesing. He's just like scratching his neck. He's doing like the classic, like, oh, I need cocaine. Um, Ryan and Marissa have an argument in the stairwell, and she's like, says something about like, if you don't like it, you can just leave. And he fucking does. Jeez. He's just like, okay. And he fucking I was leaves. so proud of him. I was so proud of him in that moment because she is the worst. Yeah, she ruins everything. Yeah. <laughs> we, lo- we love you, Misha Barton. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the cameo, Misha. If this is the episode Misha. you're listening to, we actually love you. Sorry. What's up, Chelsea, Ryan, and Dylan? Um, I hear you guys have a new podcast, Keeping Up with the Cohen. Ryan is leaving, and as he's leaving, he sees Oliver trying to fight a cop. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he gets arrested. The cop says he's trying to buy cocaine from him the cop was an undercover cop he's trying to buy cocaine so he goes to jail or he goes to some sort of holding center or something i don't again i don't understand is this part of oliver's like big plan to get marissa is to get arrested by an undercover cop like was he really trying to buy cocaine i couldn't figure that out okay so i wrote first of all like (laughs) he him getting narked on that's hilarious i don't think a narc would be late First of all, because the whole time they like they're kind of teasing it and they show him like in a corner being oh. like, I need it now. Three grams and it better be clean. Like, he's, no, like, OK, really this is what it was. Out. This is this is what it was. I forgot. It, but it's a good point. I forgot about this. There is a quote where we see Oliver earlier in the episode where he's by himself. He's in an alleyway. And his quote he said the most ambiguous, like obvious, like I'm buying drugs thing you can say on a television show. Where he just very quickly goes, I thought your boy was supposed to be here an hour ago. I don't care who you send. Just make it good and quick. And we're left to be like, what's he doing? And it's just like, oh, he's buying drugs. Okay. Um, I mean. He's getting a pizza. I, I, he's like, man, <laughs> I was just assuming he was like manic depressive. And like, I, I didn't think Marissa had something specific to do with this. Like, I think that it's just he's going through a, an episode where he really wants to like get hopped up on coke like he's kind of his adrenaline's pumping he has a new crush he has a new group of friends like he just wanted some drugs 
I kind of think that he was never an addict. I don't think he has a substance abuse problem. I think that we're led to believe, at least we're led to believe at least, that he did this on purpose because he knew that Ryan would somehow help him. He knew that Ryan would see him and help him and get in. It would be like a big part of the storyline. You know what I mean? Like it kind of, mm-hmm. it was a weird moment mm. for them. Like he's like, Oh, Ryan help me. Cause he likes me. But also that's just so that's such a fucking bold assumption that your plan would work, even though it did work. If that's what we're supposed to believe. Again, I don't know. It could go either way. Well, I'm assuming it's never to gain, explained. To gain Marissa's sympathy. I guess that that's kind of Occam's razor. And I feel a little mm-hmm. stupid admitting that I never like made the connection until us talking about it right now. But like, oh, I relapsed. So now my fellow sober buddy has to help me. And like, obviously, that's a lot of what happens in the next episode. What would what is the more powerful weapon? Chekhov's razor or Occam's gun? I think it's (laughs) the simplest gun. Derailed. (laughs) <laughs> um but yeah i mean it's gun. almost like what happens in um fatal attraction where she like slashes her wrists so michael douglas can't really leave and has to like take care of her like i think that it was kind of the same line of thought with oliver like oh if i'm in trouble and i'm a victim then marissa's gonna have to rush to my side and uh you know pay attention to me he goes to jail i guess he goes somewhere where they're holding him um and so ryan calls sandy which i and sandy's like you did the right thing for calling me great job but i'm like he only did this because he hates Oliver. If this was someone that they liked, I feel like he wouldn't have called Sandy and he would have tried to hide it. Um, I think he wanted like everyone to know. He wanted the parents to know and all this shit. That's why he called Sandy. That's my own theory. Sandy gets him completely off the hook for trying to buy cocaine from an undercover police officer, which I think is insane. He should be definitely in jail, but he's not. He's a great Um, lawyer. Great guy. Sandy Cohen, incredible lawyer. Um, And they just have a moment where they're kind of talking and, you know, he mentions that, uh, Marissa and Seth and Luke all like Oliver and Ryan must like him a little bit. And Ryan's like, mm, not really. And this is just like, this is when I first started to realize that like, I haven't, I also haven't watched the Oliver episodes in a while, but watching them again through my, you know, 2020 vision, my 30, my early thirties vision, this is just insane. Next level, crazy psycho sociopath shit on his part. Absolutely. Oh my, are we talking about the very last scene where he spies on them? Well, no, just this plan of his to like, for, for him to have made all this happen and to put these pieces into place and for him to manipulate everything. I'm just like, damn, we don't, I don't think we, I don't think we fully understood when we were kids that, you know what I mean? Like this is fucking insane. Yeah. Oliver was doing the most. Yeah. And so, he Marissa calls Ryan. Ryan makes Ryan gives the phone to Oliver. I wrote this is a fucking power move. Gives the phone to Oliver. He's Love like, that. you're gonna tell her. Um, and so we we end up with Ryan. So at this point, I'm a little confused about the timeline because they went to a concert. We assume concerts are over by eleven or twelve ish. Um, Ryan's back at the pool house. Marissa comes over, and then uh, Seth, Anna, and Summer all show up. So they're all hanging out in the pool house together, and it's like it's got to be like. 12 1 2 a.m at this point and like i knew yeah, we know marissa has really it for a few to be outside but uh it's gotta be really late um they go they go inside oh i think is luke might also be there i can't remember if he's yeah, I think he is there, there. Too. Uh, everyone's yeah. there except for uh oliver because luke is screaming because he's too close to the speaker oh, oh my that's gosh right. that's one of the best jokes in the entire uh episode Luke is, I wrote Luke is loud and he's a dynasty warrior savant. Uh, and then I, yeah, my next quote was what my next, my next note was, I love this sixthum. And then the next, and the next one was, Oh God, there's a seventh. <laughs> I, uh, there, I think, I think around this point, I get one of my favorite quotes from the episode, which is Luke pretty much likes everyone at this point. Oh yeah. That's what Ryan says, uh, about luke um but they're all just kind of hanging out casual just like you would have done in high school and they show oliver 
in the window. Yeah, watching them <laughs> through the, the glass uh, window. It's really... Waiting through the window. <laughs> waiting. There you go. Sorry. Woo. It's so cool. Waving. Here. Yeah, it's not waiting. Oh, is it um, waving? But, oh, okay. I didn't even... It's waving. I didn't even clock that. Because how do you wait through something? Well, Oliver showed us. That's, That's philosophical how you do question. it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm an idiot. Um, but this... Are this. You, ghosts can wade through windows. So Shut is he up, a ghost? Owen. I will say. Okay. Is that what you're saying? Oh my god! I'm, trying so, I'm trying so hard to move on, and you're not letting me. <laughs> it's a great okay. imitation of most of my relationships. About, about their little squad, I will say, like I, got, I had some FOMO. Um, their their squad's so cupid. Luke is like the lovable cousin Eddie. Um, they they really had a nice squad that I wish I could have been a part of. I agree. So we had we had the Rooney concert. So I think Rooney, I think um, Blue Side is kind of the music moment of the episode. We already mentioned uh, the Eels. We already mentioned Ash. Uh, also in this episode, we had Popular Mechanics for Lovers by a band called Dula that I really enjoy. Loved that little cameo of their song. It was great. Yeah. I'm going to move on to kind of the what the adults were doing during all this time. Uh, the adults are in the building. We know that everyone is unhappy with Haley because she's kind of taken over everything. Um we also know that Tate is looking for a job and Sandy makes a great joke about starting his own landscaping company, which was unescapable in 2020 after the four seasons landscaping thing. I couldn't help but think of that. I wrote that too. <laughs> Jimmy Cooper, total landscaping. Yeah. Cooper total. <laughs> Kirsten and Haley are starting to like become friends. Like they're starting to kind of get back on the same page. Kirsten enjoys having Haley around, even though she's mooching, she likes her being around so she can see her and like kind of take care of her, I think in a way. Sandy is upset. He wants her out. He complains to her a lot about how uh, Haley's like mooching and like all the clothes we bought her and all the food we're getting and all this shit. And I was like, you're doing the same thing for Ryan, right? Like, it's not that different. Something that I've been very concerned about for this entire series is where is Ryan getting all this money? Mm -hmm. Because we know for sure Haley's not getting an allowance. So Jimmy's looking for a job. He's kind of down on his luck. Haley doesn't have any friends. So they, uh, Jimmy and Haley decide they're going to hang out. And we already know where this is leading. I knew. I remember knowing then. Mm -hmm. I was like, "Oh, Kirsten's ex boyfriend is going to hook up with her sister. Cool." Yeah, and she she just slithered in like she just had an air about her. She was like the little the little minx. Yeah, is that a younger sister thing? As as like an older sister, Chelsea, can you confirm or deny? I mean, Haley and I never really had that. <laughs> Not at all. Me and my sister have never been Eskimo sisters. That would be kind of gross. But yeah, that really didn't happen at all in our group. And they, they have they have that whole weird chat about, you know, I had a crush on you in high school. And he's like, well, the last time I saw you, you were like eight. Yeah, or I, was going, I was going to college. Yeah. And they have that really weird. I, I just have a note that says Hondo chats with Tate Donovan and Haley where they're like, but I mean, really, do you want to go back to high school? And they both go, yeah. yeah. And just, oh, <laughs> happy Hondo days. It's like, I can't even take it. Um, I can't even tate it. Um, okay. There's a lot of Golden Girls. There's a lot of Golden Girls shoutouts in this episode, and the first one comes from Haley talking about how she used to watch a lot of Golden Girls. While I think Tate would babysit her, maybe. Um, and they compare their kind of shitty years. And Tate's, as we know, involved a fist fight at Cotillion. Uh, what we did not know was that Haley's involved half a pound of hash and a border guard in Budapest. Man, that's impressive. I agree completely. She would fit in well at most music festivals here. But um, Sandy and Kirsten, they decide they're going to make another dick appointment because uh, Tate and Haley are going to leave the house and like be out of their hair for one night. I think the next time we see Sandy is when he is doing the dance 
in Seth's room and he has to talk with Seth oh, about yeah. doing drugs, which actually was a good line where he's like, is going to be any drugs at this concert? And he's like, I hope so. Otherwise it's a lame concert. Oh my gosh. That, that's such a cute line. And just him like snapping. And uh, I, I thought Kirsten's line about like, should we let them go to a concert? Like hilarious. It's Rooney. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. She's like, what if Rooney's like a death metal Satan worshiping band? And Sandy's like, yeah. I'm on the case. I'll check it out. Um, yeah, I did know that Sandy gave him, he hit him with some Steven Seagal quotes. He gave him, he gave Seth a really good be a man speech when it came to talking to summer. So Haley and Jimmy decided they're actually not going to go out. They're going to stay in. They're going to watch golden girls and play board games, which to much to the That's chagrin, so weird. much to the chagrin of Sandy and Kirsten. Uh, it's a very awkward game of, uh, of connect four with between Sandy and Haley. Um, Tate actually defends her. He actually kind of stands up for her a little bit. Um, they're smooching on. They're smooching on the porch. They're smooching. She's always had a crush on him. Uh, we don't know really where this is gonna go, but the, you know, kind of the next thing we have is uh, Sandy is at his. I wrote Sandy's at his best in his element. He's in the kitchen. He's making bagels. Haley comes in. They kind of apologize, and uh, he shares his bagel with her. It's a good moment. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. Uh, that was a good B storyline. Uh, my only yeah, note about bread. that entire thing was I just wrote Haley's shirt is dumb. Can we talk about the fact that you did a deep dive and I want to talk about the fact that Haley allegedly saw the saw Rooney when they opened for the vines. Yeah. So I looked into this. That concert did not happen. As far as I could tell, the first, as far as I could tell, Rooney and the vines have never played a show together. I did look into this. Um, The first Rooney concert I could find was in July 26, 2002. But are you ready for this, Dylan? On July twenty on July 26, 2002. Because I I did look into Rooney a lot and they were very much kind of like a, a... like a studio uh-huh. band like they didn't they didn't just come up organically like they were kind of planted i think um so they just kind of had a Ugh, huge following like almost immediately or like chance the rapper <laughs> does it go back yeah. to that yeah <laughs> they're just kind of an industry band and i don't know if i don't think this was their very first concert but it was the first like big thing that they did they went on tour in, tw- in 2002 with weezer and dashboard confessional oh my god that would have been a yeah. killer show man great show I- I would have gone to that show. I also saw them in Oklahoma City and around the same time, and they played with the Academy Is and the All American Rejects. Hey, someone oh, write a Academy someone write a, a fanfic about me and Ryan and Dylan all meeting um, as young high schoolers at this uh, concert. <laughs> we would not have gotten along. We would have hated each other. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mm, I don't, we don't I don't hate know. each other at all right now. Uh, I, I want to try to date one of you for sure. You guys, your MySpaces would have impressed me. I'm certain. Because back then Absolutely. I was really into Seth Cohen and I would have been like, oh, Dude, my MySpace was popping. My MySpace was good. The only fun thing, the only other fun thing I know about Rooney was that in 2006, they went on a f- worldwide tour with Kelly opening for Kelly Clarkson. Did not know that. Ooh, Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. Love Kelly Clarkson. So the last kind of thing that happened in this episode, we get a lot of uh, Seth, Seth, Summer, and Anna. Seth is trying to figure out what to do. He wants to tell Summer that him and Anna are dating. Um, but everyone's telling him, you know, just tell her. And I think we're we're kind of led to believe he's afraid to tell her, but I think he just doesn't want to tell her because then it's like official with him and Anna, and he's still kind of holding out hope for Summer. Yeah, he likes he likes the being able to flirt with both. Oh yeah, there's some awkward school scenes where they're like playing with each other, and then Summer shows up, and they just like immediately stop. And like, if I'm Anna in the situation, I'm like pissed off, right? Like you won't be. I mean, she's doing yeah. she's doing. He's doing to her what he gets mad at Summer for doing to him. Like, accept me as I am publicly or lose me. Except she's not going to stand up for herself like he does. Uh, Anna's wearing a pretty epic outfit during this scene also. She's wearing, like I said, Anna really likes the layers, um, sometimes very inappropriately. But she's wearing a t-shirt over a long sleeve shirt. 
Um, they're very summery and bright colors. And then she's wearing like a scarf with it. It was a choice that I'm not sure I can back at this point. So um, they uh, they all end up at the concert. Um, Summer shows up to the concert. It gets awkward again because she doesn't know they're dating. Uh, Seth, I, at a couple of times, I wrote we need a count of like his Mountain Dew count because he he's, he's shown at the bar oh. at least three different times. But like Anna and Summer are never with him at the concert because they go on the longest bathroom break of all time. They have to sing the Golden Girls theme. Mm-hmm. So they, that takes a while. Anna tells Seth she's going to tell Summer that they're dating. Summer and Anna go to the bathroom together. They actually start bonding over the Golden Girls as well. The whole time this is happening, there's a huge group of girls in the background. I don't know if anyone notices. I know girl bathroom etiquette is different, and like girls like going to the bathroom. Very together. different but, than guys, yeah. But like, but like, they weren't just like hanging out talking at the sink. They were literally having full conversations with a huge group of like ten girls just standing around in a circle in the bathroom. Which maybe that happens, but I thought that was a little bizarre. Can we talk about Summer's kick-ass ponytail and guitar pick earrings? That was another oh, great outfit moment earrings. of the episode. Oh, my God. That's, is that your outfit of the day? Uh, yeah, we need, we need, well, you need to choose I've one. Listed. There's only one air horn to go around, Chelsea. Oh, my God. This is terrible. I mean, I, I guess if I had to choose an outfit of the episode, it would have to be Seth's just because that ends up being his ironist outfit. But um, those guitar pick earrings, I liked them so much. I tried to find them. This is the days before Amazon had really become what they are. Um, I think I looked on mm. eBay for them. Etsy wasn't a thing. I was kind of bummed. I tried to make my own. They sucked. Those are my opinions about earrings. <laughs> no, I like. Th- I would have chosen that as the outfit of the episode. I thought the guitar pick earrings were really dope. Mm-hmm. Sets at the, the bar, he can't get drinks. Ryan shows him how to like be a man and get drinks. But once again, he's getting three more Mountain Dews. I don't know who he's giving them to. Because at this point, we've seen him have like nine Mountain Dews. The girls are never around. He doesn't see well, the girls Luke, again until after Luke's the so show. Up. That has to, he great has point. to be given to Luke. Mm-hmm. God, great point that Luke is hooked on Dew. I didn't even think about that. Um, <laughs> He's a do head. He's big, big do guy. Um, <laughs> but he doesn't see Anna and Summer again until after the concert. Like they missed the entire show together, which I thought was crazy. Um, he doesn't see it again until after the concert. And Summer overhears him talking about not telling her. And they finally do tell her. And Summer just has this really good, just like, yeah, we'll be friends. Let's be best friends. I love this Summer. There was a shout out to Alan from Tulsa. They He got a shout out there. Yes, he did. And they kind of acknowledge that Anna may have pulled some, sh- maybe pulled some shady shit by going to Seth's house on New Year's Eve. I don't think she did. I think it's fighting fair. Um, yeah. But yeah. they all decide they're going to be friends and they go to the pool house. And they go to the pool house. We forgot to talk about one of the f- most funny uh, moments of the episode. And that's definitely um, Luke, like I guess during one of his do runs, uh, Luke and Seth are standing next to each other watching the concert. Yes. <laughs> I'll let Ryan talk about this because he loves this scene so much. Yes. Luke doesn't know who Rooney is. We found that out at Oliver's house. He has no idea who Rooney is. Um, which one's Rooney? Yeah. He said he yeah, at one Rooney. point he does ask which one is Rooney. But I'm shaken. Pretty easy song to sing along with. So Luke is like singing along as loud as he can. Luke's just having a good time. Like I said, he's just being a golden retriever. Just being, just, just doing his own thing. Living his life. Oh, we we sh- love sh- that. Shake it. Sh- shake it up. I mean, he is loving it. Absolutely. And Seth leans in and hits him with like, do you know who sings this song? And Luke is like really enthusiastically like, fuck yeah, it's Rooney. And then Seth's like, oh, we should keep it that way. It's like, God, fuck you, Seth. I'm so over him. <laughs> and Luke is so, just like, okay. Rooney! He, Luke has become a Rooney stan in the 30 minutes that they're at the show. But yeah, that's kind of that's that's kind of the episode. I mean, the big thing the the big thing that we're left with is our is our core is our big fun core group of six, including Luke, Summer, and Anna, uh, in in the house. And like Oliver is somehow outside. I think he's out. He's not inside the house. He's he's outside looking through a window. 
um, just staring at them creepily, and it's just like menacing, and it's unsettling, and I don't like it. Even though if he looked like he does now, I would be more okay with it. Yeah, he would be inside the house if that's how he looked right. He now. would have been inside um, all of the girls. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah. right. Um, do we have any it. other closing thoughts? Or do you want to move on? Now let's move on. So that gets us into episode number 16. It's called The Lynx. Uh, Sandy is on screen for a total of 9 minutes and 54 seconds. Dylan, tell me about The Lynx. D- Dylan, do that thing I like. Yeah, so The Lynx originally aired on January 14th, 2004 to 8.9 million viewers. It was written by Deborah J. Fisher and Erica Messer. Do you guys want to hear a little bit about what this episode's about? Yes. <clears throat> Uh-oh, everyone. <laughs> Four. In this episode of The O.C., the fairway isn't the only thing that's green. <laughs> nope. Oliver is also green with envy and will stop at <laughs> nothing to cop coop from Ryan's suspecting hands. As a thank you for bailing him out of jail, Oliver treats the crew, plus MVP Luke and newsboy cap aficionado Anna, to a trip to Palm Springs to stay in yet another one of his lavish properties. What could go wrong? Well, let's just say there's a reason O.C. and O.D. rhyme. Back in Newport, Caleb and Julie return from an allegedly bon voyage in Paris, Haley is up to her old tricks, and Sandy and Tate Donovan make like Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson and become lighthouse keepers. All this and more in episode 16, The Lynx. That was magical. Chelsea, I Mm. muted him. Will you let me know when he's done? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So You um, wake up again, Ryan. Oh, here. I'm back. I'm back. Right. Dylan, go ahead. Okay, so I will try and do the A plot and the B plot because I feel like that's most successful. Um, so right out of the gate, Oliver is being creepy. He shows up <laughs> to Tate Donovan's house. I say Tate Donovan because we know it's not Marissa's house. She lives somewhere around that house. I said the same thing. I said um, Marissa's at home, with an all caps home question mark. I think not. Yeah, so... So he, it's really weird how he does this. So he walks in to Tate's house. He's invited in because he's most likely a vampire and he comes in and he tells Marissa that he wants to thank Ryan by inviting everyone to Palm Springs. And, um, and I personally have never had someone so happy with me that they invite me to go to Palm Springs, but he's like, it's great. Um, my parents are going to be there. My girlfriend's going to be there. We're going to play some golf. Uh, it's going to be great. You want to know what I hated about that, that conversation? What? He goes, yeah, everyone can come, you know, Seth, Summer. And he says something like, even Luke. Like, bro, you're brand new. You don't have the license to clown someone like that. Who do you think you are? Exactly. Exactly. So he uh, ups the creep factor because when Marissa leaves, he goes and looks at Tate's mantle, which is going to become a point of contention uh, shortly. And he finds a picture of Ryan and Marissa and he glares at it. I thought he was going to break it, but he doesn't. And he places it behind another photo, which as you know, nullifies the relationship according to pagan witchcraft. So strong move on Oliver's part. He also mentions Natalie again and says Natalie is going to be there and she's dying to meet both of you. Yeah, is uh, she? He, just, he, this guy. So Ryan is kind of into this idea. He feels weird about it. I feel like Ryan at this point, kind of like he is further in the episode, he feels like even if he feels like he kind of needs to be there, but he doesn't want to be there. So it's kind of this weird internal struggle that he's having, um, especially because, you know, Oliver 
just got caught trying to buy coke and technically i think ryan's still on probation um so he's right to be a little bit skeptical about that so he and sandy and seth are outside kind of talking about what's going on and sandy is teaching ryan how to play golf which um is a very important part in any uh young uh adopted rich southern california person's life and it's learning how to play golf ryan do you know how to play golf i do not and i, I we can get to, we, i know we're jumping ahead a little bit but when they do play golf later i was like they're way too fucking good for people who've never played golf like they're fucking nailing these balls like yeah if you're they're not good actually golf, hitting suck. the ball have you ever yeah. tried before like it people yeah. if it's your first time you cannot hit that ball um, but something about that scene that bothers me is like first of all like why does Seth, like, why is he so nice and forgiving of Oliver? He actually says something like, if Oliver's parents are half as cool as him, they're going to be awesome. And it's like, dude, Seth, lame. Um, and then the other thing is, why on earth does do Sandy and Kirsten let them go on this trip? Um, you know, Sandy yeah. just rescued him from jail. Uh, they never call. I mean, before my parents let me go on any overnights, they definitely uh, called the parents to make sure that we weren't doing something crazy. I just, I don't know. I found it kind of weird. Sandy and Kirsten have that conversation and they say that Oliver's parents are going to be there. So they think his parents are going to be there and they say, do we trust him? And they say, no, but we trust our guys. So I feel like that's kind of cool and it kind of explains it a little bit. Well, it explains, yeah. I mean, it, 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 they had to put that in there or else it would be an obvious plot hole. But just realistically, that didn't hit the mark. As far as Seth, it's like, he either sucks so bad or I kind of got the vibe that he was just saying that stuff because he knew it would annoy Ryan just to fuck with him and Sandy kind of got in on it too. Yeah. Yeah. There, there was a really great Sandy line at that point where Ryan just gets aggro for no reason at both Sandy and Seth when they're talking about Ryan and they go, yeah, well he's standing right here with the golf club. And then Sandy mm-hmm. immediately hits him with a, yeah, and you don't know how to use it. Mm-hmm. And I love that line. Sandy, the thing I think I like about Sandy as, and I know it seems like we, we kind of mess around with this idea a whole lot, but like I, I am being sincere. And I think everyone on this podcast is being sincere. when We talk about how much we like Sandy Cohen. And I feel like, especially in this episode, we kind of see the versatility um, in the character of Sandy Cohen, you know, he can, he can dish it out, uh, just as good as the rest of everyone else, but also he's a caring father. Um, and kind of like y'all were saying, you know, he, um, he's not super excited about this idea considering the only thing he knows about Oliver is that he just got him out of jail. Um, but you know, I think the fact that allegedly the parents are going to be there, you know, Sandy has that great talk with Seth about, you know, what's going to happen, who's involved. And as we see later in the episode, he's constantly calling Seth to check up on him. Um, and so I just really like all the different aspects we get of Sandy Cohen. So they um, decide that it's time to go. Everyone's going. Uh, the whole group, including even even Luke. <laughs> and Ryan's still not super excited about it. He brings up a point I think that everyone is wondering about, which is, okay, this Oliver guy literally just showed up a couple weeks ago, and now all of a sudden he's somehow a part of the gang. You know, we didn't get to beat him up behind the bowling alley or anything. There's been no proper gang initiation. The only thing that kind of makes sense when it comes to that stuff and also the stuff that Sandy and Kears were talking about earlier in the episode was that it's very similar to the Ryan story. So it's hard to it's hard to kind of be like, oh, this is a crazy thing they're doing when they did basically the same thing with Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Yeah. I, I have no argument against that. Yeah. I, that's a good point to, that I never I never it. clocked until you just said that. So everyone shows up 
and summer arrives and instead of going to the pool house she goes and decides that she's going to mess with anna and seth who we know are in seth's room which i didn't realize was upstairs until this watch i thought for some reason it was down that hall right Wait, off of really? the living room but no you're yeah. nuts i always I knew it was, it was upstairs you're i always crazy. knew it was upstairs yeah. Well, I uh, I feel like the thing about the OC is much like Hamlet, the more times you expose yourself uh, to its to its content, the more you learn. Um, so thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> anyway, um, so Summer goes upstairs and walks in on Seth and Anna just being weird. They're weird this whole episode. I don't this like whole it. G- I don't like this. The, I, I, the note that I have is old man foreplay. I despise it. Just like that ironically, just like that ironic, like hipstery, like, oh, I'm so old. I just want to do old people things. I was like, God, fuck off. I can't stand this. Her little baby voice. It, uh, well, oh, you it. And, but, but oh. somehow the most, the most amazing thing about this episode, I think, is when Summer barges in and the Jenga thing does not immediately get knocked over by the movement of their bodies on the bed because they were apparently playing Jenga mm-hmm. uh, for some reason in the bedroom, which, as we know, is on brand. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I thought about Anna's feet. Um, <laughs> and so they decide that they are going to all leave. And so the way, well, hold on, let me back up. Mm-hmm. We're missing something very important. We see Luke arrive with, a bunch with of beer. his entire truck bed <laughs> full of beer because you oh can't my play golf without a buzz on. Luke's That's right. worry about his beer, his concern is so pure. Uh- <laughs> he didn't- it really is. <laughs> like, the first, I think, what the first thing he says when they finally get to Palm Springs is, "Hey, where's the fridge? I don't want it to get skunked." Yeah, he's it's so like, dude, I wrote Luke Carey's so beer. Cute. His beer remains unskunked. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I uh, so I I'm I'm pulling I pull off uh, some of my recap off of Anonymous Eagle. Um, shout out an anonymous eagle. That's a um, that sounds like a GOP like PizzaGate website, but okay. It's really yeah. great. I've I've learned a lot about the OC and that I should not take the COVID nineteen vaccine. Um, <laughs> oh but so, but like they have a line here when everyone's deciding where they're going to ride, and the line in this blog says Luke shouting, "Hey Chino, come on, ride with me!" would melt your brain straight out of your ear holes if you watch the pilot and skip straight to this episode. Oh my god, it so would! True. I love that though. That's precious. Um, that's gross so, on tr- Luke's part. Okay, so they arrive in Palm Springs, uh-huh. and we find out two very important things. The first thing is that um, Summer had decided that they would all be listening to the audiobook for the Da Vinci Code. Da Vinci Code. It's a true story. And uh, the second thing we find out is that Oliver got so wrapped up in his angsty story to Marissa that they like sped ahead mm-hmm. and got to Palm Springs like a long time before everyone else enough time to i guess set a fire and sit there staring longingly at each other and talking about life yeah. um we, we also find out that sandy and seth had talked to each other eight times mm-hmm. on that drive i didn't do a deep dive into how long that takes but uh i don't think that's obnoxious at all i did it was two hours it was about the distance um oh. a little bit like from tulsa to norman maybe six phone calls with sandy cohen i signed me up i wish i was talking to him right now uh first of all that house Oh my god! Like I d- stunning, gooped, amazing. Tens across the board. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it. Is it on Zillow? Is it on? Is it on VRBOs? I'm down. You put that little set baby on is Airbnb. This, is this what Alex is building at five thirty in the morning? Uh, I wish <laughs> he he's much more of the of a Newport McMansion kind of uh oh, branding. I love that. 
<laughs> so when they're still at the house before they leave, um, Luke and Summer share like a little moment where they're like, um, we're not, we're going to be the only single people. And I, it's kind of a, a little bit of a setup for what happens later in the episode, but I just, I, I, oh. I ship Lummer very hard. I'm pro that. <laughs> um, there's two in this, in these back-to-back scenes here, two big music moments. Only one is the true music moment. But the first one was the we hear this song three times in the episode. We hear uh, "Away from Me" by Puddle of Mud. Uh, it oh, it so plays good. multiple times, and then we also hear when they are first arrive. I think we hear this song twice in the episode when they first arrive to uh, to the mansion or where, to this resort house, wherever the fuck they're in. We get the actual music moment of the episode, which is Tom Jones. It's not unusual. Woo-hoo! Yes. Dun, 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 yes. Dun, dun, dun. It is so exciting. It is like you pull up, they show different kind of establishment shots of Palm Springs, and it's just a really exciting moment. Mm-hmm. I think the first time I heard that song was on Mars Attacks. And I always think about Mars Attacks when that song plays. Did anyone else get weirdly obsessed with Mars Attacks? I hated that I... movie so much. Oh, <laughs> Well, I was going to ask you all to join my Pod Attacks uh, podcast about Mars Attacks, but you know what? No, put I'll me just on. Do it. Put me on. I can't wait. <laughs> Ugh, this is one of those moments it. where I zone out because you guys are geeking out. Just we'll play great cop, cop that doesn't want to be a cop on that show. It'll be great. Um, okay, so they're showing off the bedrooms. Uh, Luke, of course, gets his beer where it needs to be because he didn't want it to get skunked. It's unskunked. And- Yes, unskunked beer is the uh, is the most important beer uh, for for Luke on this Palm Springs trip. And at this point, he's also triple fisting. He tries to. I think he offers one to someone. They say no. So now he's just holding three beers. Yeah, he offers it to Respect. Seth when Seth is on the phone with his dad. And so it's like, come on, man. It's it's be a little cool. bit too close. Be cool. Triple fisting. Yeah, be cool. Luke bro. triple fisting is a is a vibe. That's the name of my band. So during this scene, Oliver kind of shows everyone to their room. And he takes uh, Ryan and Marissa are the last ones. And he walks into the guest room and he's like, oh, oops, I forgot this room has twin beds. Uh-oh, everyone. And yeah, oh, my note for this uh, scene is just up until this point, everyone is gaslighting Ryan. Oliver is acting suspicious as hell. He's talking about this girlfriend that no one's heard of before. Um, you know, keeps talking about Natalie. No one knows. He keeps talking about his parents. All of his plans keep falling through. No one understands what's going on. Um, and and then even this, he's like, oh, oops, like I didn't, I didn't really realize it. And no one even acknowledges it throughout this entire episode except Luke. So it is a situation kind of like in Meet the Parents where everyone is acting weird except for Fokker, but everyone acts like Fokker is the one that's really weird and out of um the norm. But this is what's going on with Ryan at this point. So you brought up a point that we kind of glazed over. But the important thing, as you all probably assumed, is that when they get to Palm Springs, um, the parents aren't there because their flight got delayed in Zurich. Mm -hmm. And um, his girlfriend, I think, did they break up? Uh, she couldn't make it for some reason. I don't remember what the reason was. Yeah, I mean, I I, I will say that, you know, spoilers, I, I, I... you can't break up with someone who doesn't necessarily exist. So I, I understand that's kind of a little bit of a of a gray area. He spins a web. But um, we don't give sociopaths enough credit for this. But like they truly care yeah, about don't. something so much that they spend all this time and all this energy coming up with these plans. Mm-hmm. And so it is kind of... It's kind of admirable to see the web that he has spun. Uh, as far as the twin beds thing goes, like I've stayed 
with another person in twin a twin bed before. It's like not that weird, but he acted like it was like gonna break them up or something. And they even ended up pushing the beds together, which is like a good move. <laughs> yeah. Have they never I mean, they need to repair for college dorm room. Right. They're rich kids. Yeah, and the thing the thing about the whole twin bed thing is like if anything, that just means like Ryan, just say something back like that's okay. We're used to sleeping close together. Like <laughs> don't just sit there and just like do that weird over the shoulder look. Like don't do that anymore. No, he would so, say that Oliver would look at him and he would just be like, Yeah, sex. <laughs> yeah we're having a, a woman's lot of touch mm-hmm. yeah oliver do you understand it's called a woman's touch anyway they go play golf yep. um marissa puts on her golf outfit i hope this isn't the outfit of the episode uh, no it's not um okay. But, okay is one of the golf outfits the outfit of the episode though it's one of the golf it's one okay. of the golf oh, outfits no. with uh <laughs> there's an oh, honorable no. mention later in the episode but of course the uh okay. <laughs> of the episode is Anna rolls up to <laughs> I knew it I knew it was going to be this She rolls up to the golf course in um a bright orange uh plaid set of clam digger pants or capris they're more you know accurate the biggest newsboy hat I've ever seen in my entire life in that same orange and green plaid print and then a totally clashing argyle sweater vest Oh my gosh. I, I want you to know, I have a, my note for this golf scene is Anna's golf outfit must be burned. <laughs> it would make great firewood. Oh my gosh. Well, okay. So they're playing golf. This is why Chelsea uh, get, chooses the outfit still, thing. not you. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, <laughs> I, I mean, I did like Seth's outfit in the last episode, but. There are just too many newsboy caps in this one. I'm it's I'm having newsies PTSD. And Luke was wearing a hat too. We got hat, we got Luke with a hat. I love it. I like this version of Luke. I like golf Luke because he's like the only one actually dressed like he should be playing golf. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is just dressed kind of like I don't know. Their dad took them to play golf and they feel awkward about it. Yeah. I mean, he's the only one who knows how to move naturally. Like everyone else would, wouldn't know what a fairway was. Everyone else would be like, oh, the golf area instead of the golf course. <laughs> it's, the, it's the golf zone. Yeah. <laughs> um, GZ. But uh, we, of course, have the contractually obligated, if there's golf in a teen comedy or a teen soap opera, you have to have the one person touching the girl's hips too much mm-hmm. to show her how to play golf. That was golf. weird. Oh, yeah. Um, Chelsea, have you, yeah, have you ever had that happen to you oh, on a golf course? I don't even attempt to play golf. I, I'm so spectacularly unathletic. Um, like, you know, when my husband goes to the club, I was like, I, I definitely play tennis and he plays golf. Like, we, that is one area that we do not waste any time with. I love so much that you just said you're ridiculously unathletic, but don't you take like tennis lessons five days a week? Yes, I do. That, that's very <laughs> true. But that's because I was like, okay, I'm going to need something to do if my husband is going to be spending so much time playing golf. My husband's obsessed. He plays golf all the time. It's ruining my life. I'm turning into a golf widow. So I was like, if I'm going to have any kind of, if I'm going to like reclaim any kind of power in this situation, I have to have something to do with the places that he golfs. So I took up tennis. You can start doing the, pod- you can start doing the podcast from there if you want. Oh, that's true. Ooh, That'd yeah. We'll start doing that. For some reason, they just, he just Oliver just keeps clowning on Ryan. I say for some reason. I know exactly why because he's being gaslit. Um, and so he keeps clowning on Ryan, and everyone starts to get a little bit annoyed. Luke starts to give him some looks, and then uh, Ryan cheats at golf and kicks his ball in the hole. And Luke is his hype man, gets excited for him, and then Oliver all of a sudden, I guess because Ryan's finally doing well, goes, "I've had enough of this. How about we make let's let's go back first one first one back." 
Last one back buys the first round. Oh, I wrote that too because a round of what? Luke has his the- beer. Oliver and Marissa are presumably sober. Well, they, yeah. they're underage. What are is they Marissa, around Wait, of? is Marissa sober? I guess she is. Well, she's under the age of 21, so she should be. But no, I, 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 yeah, I also remember like on New Year's that, Eve, um, she doesn't drink. I forgot about that. No, that's a great point. Um, I also love that, like, what you said. It's like they're just a, presumably just in the middle of, like, hole five. And Oliver's just like, I'm done. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's a... So what what proceeds to happen is um, a very bizarre golf cart race, which I never understood golf cart races because they all go the same speed. Um, And also, are we led to believe that out of the entire group, Anna, Summer, and Seth did not rent a golf cart, but they both did? Well, they talk about it, but they didn't want to get a cart because Summer wanted Seth to carry her clubs. Yeah, they, they explain it. Like, she's she's like, oh, this is so great. Now we're going to have more time to spend together because we have to walk the course. So they, like, that's how now, they explain that. How way. do you not know that Seth lives upstairs and you didn't know that they didn't get a golf cart? I, I don't know. I think it's because I'm so enamored with this Oliver storyline because it might be one of my favorite story arcs in 2000s TV. Wow. For sure. So it's so good. It is so good. And I hate it so much, um, partially because of the end of this episode. So um, before we get into the very bizarre race um, that they take on the golf carts, I want to talk about some bizarre dialogue between the thruple where, um, you know, he's carrying, Seth is carrying Summer's bags as well as golf bag, as well as his own golf bag. Uh, Summer actually has a pretty solid shot with one of her irons down the fairway, sees where the ball goes, turns around, says, Cohen, I need help finding my ball. Then they walk off, and then under her breath, Anna says something like, Summer's not the only one that needs help finding her balls, or something like that. That's good. And I just like, that's not a good thing. But then it seems like it's all fine later. But okay, anyway. So... Yeah, which is not a bad thing. As as you know, in this in this podcast, we are a pro whipped um, podcast. So we're in this golf cart race, which is stupid because all golf carts uh, go the exact same miles per hour, and we see Luke and Ryan behind Oliver and um, and Marissa, and then all of a sudden they're not behind Oliver and Marissa, and Oliver is coming at them head on. He gets that evil look in his eye. Oh, I wrote down Oliver's face. Yeah, Oliver gets really, really mad um, because, you know, he is Oliver and he tries to ram them. Um, They successfully get out of the way. Luke and Ryan successfully get out of the way and end up crashing uh, the car into a gully of some sort, if you will, uh, into a into a bush. Um, Maybe they're crocodiles. Maybe not. We'll never know. This is the second incident of the Puddle of Mud song. So we hear that again. Also, Luke has a little bit of a crazy eye of his own. I wrote that Luke is chaotic good because he grabs a golf club and starts to lean out the golf cart like he's about to just like hit oh, Oliver's yeah. face in with it. <laughs> oh yeah, he's Mad Maxin. And so we finally see um I guess Ryan overheard the puddle of mud song and so he gets aggro. He jumps out of the golf cart and says, "What's your problem, dude? What's your problem, man?" And Oliver tries to explain it was just just a joke. Yeah. And Marissa's like, mm-hmm. "Who's just playing?" Like yeah, she has her prank, weird bro. her weird voice. This very scene is why my parents hated when me and my sister tried to bring friends to the lake. My parents, they told me, they were like, 
kids who go to the lake a lot know how to handle themselves. They don't get too overly excited. They understand that, like, a boat is a powerful, like, motorized vehicle. Um, You know, the golf cart comes with its own dangers, believe it or not. Like, when you get on a four-wheeler, you need to wear a helmet and be safe. And they felt like whenever we brought friends, the friends would just go ham and do stupid shit, like weave with each other on the sea dews or something like that that was going to lead to danger. So All rules are off. mm -hmm. So they they were very against me ever bringing friends to the lake because they had a few bad instances and we're just like, it's done. So much like uh, Chelsea's experiences at the lake, things go badly here. Mm -hmm. Um, There is a little bit of a kerfuffle, an argument. And after uh, Marissa and Oliver both try to assure Ryan that it's a joke, Ryan has one of my favorite Ryan lines, which is, oh, really? Why don't you come down here and tell me another? Which, that was dope. And then <laughs> everyone gets kind of weird and emo. Oliver goes back to the, to, the, to the house on his own. And then finally we get Luke saying, I could hurt that guy. Luke has and Ryan's back. Like, Luke in Ryan's bromance, you love to see it. Oh, yeah. It is so, so, so good. So everyone gets back to um, the place. I presume they have dinner uh, because there's a scene later where they're cleaning off uh, the plates. Do you notice the uh, ginormous goldfish bowl on the counter here? It's a ginormous bowl with one goldfish in it. I feel like that's kind of a metaphor for Ryan because he's a lonely goldfish in the large pond that is Newport, the large goldfish bowl that is Newport. So I think that was on purpose. So let's go ahead and go back to my least favorite part of the OC, which is the um, Seth's old Jewish man thing mm-hmm. that he does. His his retired Jewish guy gimmick, as this uh, as this anti um, COVID vaccine blog tells me. So Seth and Anna are going to bed. They're getting ready to go to bed. And they proceed to have some of the most cringy dialogue in the entire episode. At one point, uh, as a matter of foreplay, Seth says, oh, my catheter just fell out. <laughs> I forgot he said that. Oh he does God. say that. <laughs> That's so bad. They're in terrible outfits that need to be highlighted, too. Seth is wearing uh, yeah. um, a pajama set, not unlike the same one Tate Donovan was wearing in an earlier episode. Not unlike a set that Don Draper might have worn. Um, and meanwhile, again, Anna with the layering. She's wearing a white T-shirt with some kind of like nighty over top of it, like lacy, silky on top of a T-shirt. It's really cringy. You know, you, you got to do what you got to do, I guess. But so, of course, because they're alone, Summer has to barge in and uh, make things awkward. So she uh, walks in and says that, you know, Luke's watching TV and it's either football or porn. So I'm going to come watch TV with you all and. Uh, they, of course, respond very wisely, but we're not watching TV. Uh, Summer doesn't care. I really, as as much as she's trying to be annoying, I really love Summer's energy here, mostly because I dislike Anna so Agreed. much now. Um, and so she jumps on the bed, gets right in between them, turns on the TV, and immediately starts playing uh, an Enrique Iglesias music video. And so according to IMDb, the video that's playing is actually the video for the song Addicted, and the video stars Misha Barton. Oh, crazy. That What a fun little nugget. So that's kind of a fun fact. So they, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll get through their scene because it's just solid performance from Summer the entire time. Um, but then after a while, Summer starts to get bored because of Anna and Seth's allegedly witty banter, which annoyed me so much. And I'm so team Summer in this moment. Yep. Um, and they finally get to go to sleep. But this brings us to one of my favorite scenes in the O.C., 
So Ryan is just doing his, you know, I'm, I'm an F-150, I'm a Fender Telecaster, I'm reliable, I do what I need to do. And he's cleaning the kitchen, mm-hmm. um, even though Oliver says he doesn't have to. And he starts to try and have a normal adult frank conversation uh, with Oliver um, about Marissa and about how, you know, if you wanted to be alone with my girlfriend, let me. I yeah, that's not like, a normal, that's not girlfriend. a normal conversation, by the way. Oliver's like, what do you want? And he's like, next time you want to be alone with my girlfriend, let me know so I can stay home. That's actually, and also that was probably my second favorite Ryan line uh, behind the why don't you come down here and tell me another. Ryan had a lot of good zingers. They're almost Sandy Cohen-esque Yeah, yeah. Zingers. It's definitely rubbed um, off on him. Oliver does not react well uh, to this, and he does two things. He throws and shatters one of the plates, which is not how you do dishes. And he also starts slapping himself in the face and screaming, I'm so stupid, I'm so stupid. So this moment in the OC is the moment I constantly think about. Like, I know you're supposed to think about, like, kind of like, Ryan, you are saying that one of your big OC moments is, like, when the confetti's kind of falling down on the New Year's episode. But honestly, one of the, I mean, I have others I think about, but this is on repeat. It's just the scene of Oliver Trask slapping himself in the face over and over, screaming, I'm stupid. It's also one of my sister's uh, favorite scenes, too. So maybe it's just because we bonded over uh, over Oliver. Well, I think it's definitely one of the darkest uh, moments of the entire series. And that's saying a lot, considering Marissa tried to kill herself. But it didn't like, have oh, the yeah. same impact that this scene did. It was so shocking and jarring. And you were like, oh, my God, we're dealing with... I think there's a scene here. that's still upcoming that was even more dark that made me write this has big american psycho energy like that scene is like oh, oh fuck. that oh. scene oh, i really, know yeah. i think i know it i think i know what scene you're talking about because i have some notes on it too mm-hmm. uh before so marissa walks up because i guess she can hear she heard the shattering and then the slapping and she wants to know exactly what's going on um because she's not used to sounds being so echoey being indoors so she <laughs> walks up and she goes you know what's going on and oliver's like nothing it's fine uh, passive aggressive comment feel sorry for me i'm gonna go take a walk and so he leaves uh, she gets mad at ryan because it seems like it's ryan's fault because she's like what are you talking about we we're talking about you and so we have this new dynamic where marissa is now forced to choose oliver or ryan and she is of course choosing oliver um and in between that scene and another dramatic scene I uh, noticed that we had a little bit of the witty uh, banter between Anna and Seth where they're talking about McDonald's breakfast, how it doesn't last after 10.30 a.m. And it just made me remember a time when you couldn't get McDonald's breakfast 24 hours a day. And so it makes me kind of thankful that we live in the world we live in today uh, because I can get pancakes and bacon from McDonald's whenever I want. Um, So you, you we leave the bedroom where they're doing their weird old person stuff, and we find out that Oliver has not come back. Oliver is uh, not really answering his cell phone. And finally, get through to Oliver, and Oliver is. I did something bad. I made a mistake. It was rough. I took a bunch of pills. I took some. So he's obviously uh, trying to tell them that he is attempting to overdose, or he has overdosed, and life is bad. And so they all freak out. Um, They're going to go back to Newport because that's where Oliver went. He left Palm Springs and drove the two hours back to Newport just so he could OD, I guess, around his things. Um, (laughs) And so he, because, you know, that's when you want to OD, I suppose, according to Oliver, you want to OD in a safe place. Um, And he wanted to OD at home. 
So they're like, okay, we'll be right there. And they head back to go and save Oliver, um, OD Oliver. And we get the scene that I believe is what Ryan was referring to with the American Psycho Energy. Um, my favorite Oliver scene is we get a reprise of the Tom Jones song. And we get Oliver dancing around drinking some brown liquid, uh, some evening brown. Um, I refuse to believe it's alcohol because he's underage. And he's setting up. He's forming his own little nativity scene of uh, of pills that he is either going to take. We don't know what he's going to do with them yet. And he's dancing. Why did he throw them? If he's going to put them back in the containers, like why did he throw them all on the table? I didn't get that. Because he wanted to have the empty bottles as quote unquote proof that he like took them all. I think he didn't know what he was doing. I think maybe he like had decided at first he was going to yeah. pour a whole or bunch I of pills out. I think it was just so him being like, like unreasonably it. gleeful. That's one of the, the, that's why the scene is so eerie is because there's this really happy, exciting movie art music going on. And he is just delighting while meanwhile, you know, Marissa who he's also gaslighting is um, worried sick and thinks that her friend is dying. Um, so four hours have passed, like four hours have passed. You know, he has driven all the way home. He is home when he calls Ryan Marissa. So then there's another two hours that elapsed. So, I mean, this is not just like a little episode. There was a lot going into this. And then this is another like point of evidence that like maybe Oliver isn't really like an addict. Because first of all, they show him drinking. And then clearly when Ryan and Marissa come, he's not drunk. So he was able to like stop drinking. But the other thing is like, okay, if you were like addicted, even if you weren't addicted, even if you're just like, oh, haha, sometimes drugs are fun. If you had that kind of like, you know, Xanax or muscle relaxers or whatever the hell he had, I mean, you'd probably be like, oh, you'd I'll take, take one. take a couple. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, <laughs> whatever. I don't know. Just some evidence. But like if, if you were truly yeah. an addict, you wouldn't be able to control yourself in either of those situations. The thing that drives me the most insane about this episode is so Luke can see something's going on. Ryan can see something's going on. But Marissa, all of a sudden, who should have her radar up, see doesn't seem to really compute with anything. And I, I get Ryan, you know, basically he's put in an impossible position where, you know, if this guy is not in fact ODing, I mean, he's just a tool and he needs to calm down. But if he in fact is, can you imagine if Ryan was like, oh no, he's just faking it. We don't need to go. Yeah. And then they find out that I'm just like, I think that they made the right call here. And I also, that, that Oliver's OD energy, his fake OD energy was so stellar. Seth is complicit in this though. I mean, Seth is very much like Marissa where he doesn't see anything wrong with Oliver. Really the only one Ryan has in his court is Luke and semi-Sandy. The rest of the people, I mean, do Anna and Summer even utter the name Oliver? Do they ever even interact? Is there even a shot with them in the same scene? I don't think so. Anna was with him at the New Year's Eve party. <laughs> I still don't know why. No, she mentioned something. She's like, oh, my friends are friends with the guy who owns this place or something like that. And then so Marissa like goes, oh, you know situation. Oliver? And she goes, who's Oliver? And then Oliver comes in and breaks up the conversation and we never come back to it. Yeah. So they get back uh, to the Four Seasons. Turns out he either wasn't ODing or threw everything up. Um, Marissa, uh, or Ryan says the reasonable thing and he wants to take him to the hospital, but he doesn't want to go to the hospital, uh, because according to him, it'll just cause a problem. They'll tell my parents, I don't want to get in trouble. But in fact, he doesn't want the hospital to know because they'll realize that he didn't OD on anything. He didn't take any drugs. He actually poured them into <laughs> Chekhov's clock. 
So because the danger that he might OD again shows up, Marissa decides that she is going to spend the night with this guy she met in therapy and met only a few weeks ago. And Ryan is rightfully kind of confused and upset. But instead of saying, you don't have to do this alone, I'll stay with you, he leaves and he's gone. He's right. So that, yeah, so that ends that whole part. Uh, We have a little bit of cleanup left um, because... Two of the cars were taken. Everyone gets to ride back with Luke, um, and Luke drops everybody off. Uh, Anna and Seth were being so cute sleeping. Summer wakes them up, and then Luke has an amazing line after they get out of the car, which is, Summer, you're looking pretty hot these days. And uh, we get another famous, uh, ew, and we find out that that Summer is no longer into the Abercrombie and Fitch types. She is more into the Seth Cohen-y types. This has got to be possibly a low moment for luke for our boy luke for summer to basically be saying he's like summer you're looking really hot first of all great love luke love luke shooting a shot like dylan did with uh hillary duff um, <laughs> previous episode um but this the first of all they had the same music cue the same music cue that i love so much in the ep- in the episode where marissa told ryan she loved him and he said thank you it's the same music cue wherever he says that to summer and she's sitting there and then they, and then it changes and she goes oh ew um, but also to know that like for Luke to know that Seth is this dude that he's just basically bullied his entire life and thinks he's such a huge loser. And that summer is now basically saying to Luke, like, I don't want you. I want Seth Cohen. We've come full circle. I just, she just needs to be true to herself. So, okay. really quickly, I just want to go mm-hmm. through the B plot, which is all the adult stuff. Um, I said very early in the episode, I wanted to talk about Tate's mantle. It keeps changing. When Oliver shows up, <laughs> there is one trophy and a bunch of pictures, and then we see it later, and there are three trophies and one picture. So I don't know if he has multiple mantles or what the situation is. He wants is. some, he wants like some trophies. Yeah. So he is trying to get a job. Um, it's kind of a continuation from the last episode. Uh, we find out that he tries to get a job at everyone's favorite crab restaurant. I think it's the mm-hmm. same one that Ryan worked at. So. If not, it is in my head cannon. And uh, he did not get the job as general manager of the Crab Shack. It was instead given to some teen who uh, glares at him, has his moment on screen, and then is never seen I again. wish it would have been Donnie. If it was Donnie, I would have lost my shit. Oh, my God, yes. So we, uh, Sandy is trying to help him get a job. As I said, continuing from last week, he talks with Tom Wellington, who works at the firm and says, Hey, you know, what about, what about Jimmy Cooper? You want to give him a job? And Tom Wellington loses his mind. And he says, well, you know, why don't you go into business with Jimmy Cooper? And we start to see Sandy's wheels. So question, question. Um, Um, Sandy still works at like fancy law firm HQ that he worked at earlier this season, but whatever happened to Rachel? Does she, does Rachel still work there? Is he trying to get Jimmy a job uh, with Rachel? That so I don't think we see Rachel again. I feel like it's it's yeah, almost like a out. where's Anna situation, mm-hmm. but she had a reason to be gone. I feel like Rachel never appears again, and we're given no explanation. Well, it's like I can tell you why Moira Kelly's character in the OC. Uh, aside from the blip on New on uh, Thanksgiving, it's because Sandy has good boundaries, and he knows he can't uh, be buddy buddy with someone who like slithers to them and tries to get them to kiss them. But he still works with her uh, allegedly, right? Maybe he reported it to HR like you're supposed to do if you're found in an uncomfortable sexual situation at work. Contact HR. <laughs> We're a big uh, pro HR podcast here. Yeah. Um. So 
Sandy decides that he is, in fact, going to go into business with uh, with Jimmy Cooper, with Tate Donovan, and they go to eat at the Lighthouse, which is a apparently an old restaurant from old Newport, and Jimmy thinks it's poetic that the Lighthouse is closing down and then he's going to be metaphorically closing down, but instead, they have a couple of drinks, and then a couple more drinks, and then a couple more drinks, and they decide that they're going to go into the restaurant business, and they're going to revamp the well, Lighthouse. So Jimmy, used, Jimmy used to uh, be the manager there, he said, so he knows how to run things there. Mm-hmm full circle um we also get an amazing scene of drunk sandy coming in um and you know being a little bit funny while kirsten is trying to read martha the life and work of martha graham a 1991 biography about the woman who basically invented modern dance it's also a great it's not a call back i guess it's a call forward um to when seth is drunk and he's trying to be stealth and uh kind of sliding around the range rover um after he gets wasted and uh, and so that's what's going on with the Sandy and Tate Donovan. So I guess there is a C plot. The C plot is the Caleb um, and Julie coming oh, back yeah. from Paris. Yeah, we get a very uh, a very great bonjour, Kiki. Whoa, that was really good. That was a really good impression. Thank you. I you know I I'm kind of kind of the, the guy who does the Sandy Cohen imitation too. Um. Anyway, so yeah. that was awful. I hate that. I hate myself. I I'll hate me for us. So we find out that there's a little bit of tension, of course, between Haley, Kirsten, and Caleb because Haley, you know, looks so much like Kirsten and her mother that anything she wants, Caleb will actually give it to her. Um, causes a little bit of a rift. She has the conversation with Caleb, she being Kirsten, saying, you know, you should just cut her off. She's taking advantage of you. And surprisingly, Caleb actually listens to her, uh, which causes a rift between Kirsten and Haley. And Haley ends up moving out. Um, by the end of this episode. So we have a lot of adult drama, but I only wanted to spend about 45 seconds talking about it because the Oliver drama was so much more important. But everyone, that's all I have about the links. Wow. Um, two great episodes. Um, you, you know, I think Oliver is one of the most memorable story arcs of the entire series. So we've been really pumped to cover these for a while now. So Hope you guys Absolutely. liked it. <laughs> and we still don't know what's going to happen. Because I really thought whenever they were at the penthouse, I was like, oh, this is the end. This is the scene where I remember kind of what happens with the end of the Oliver story. But it happens. The end of that oh, also. Yeah, we still get two more. two more. Yeah, yeah there are two oh more. Oh, my God. Oliver okay. episodes. Wow. The Rivals, I think, is the. Maybe there's two more. I'll have to okay. look. I guess yeah, we'll see. Yeah, there's two more. Yeah. Okay. Did we do the music moment of the episode? Did. It was the yeah, it was Tom uh, Jones. Yes, yes. So we did it. Good job, guys. That make, that gets us through whatever disc we're on the Seth disc, right? That we're on the Seth disc of season one. We are done with Seth, much like this podcast. Oh boy, yeah. He, hopefully, we'll like him again soon. Who knows? Um, that's it for the for the disc. That's it for us for this week. If you want to email us or reach out to us in any way, you can find us on. Uh, you can email us at coenspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at coenspod, C-O-H-E-N-S-P-O-D. Uh, we're getting some cool stuff. Chelsea's killing it. She's posting a lot of cool pictures, a lot of cool memes. Uh, so and Tate is liking it. So Tate loves what she does. You, yeah. you, you're, Tate's better than you. You should also like what she does. <laughs> if you are like if you are like Tate and uh, you also like this show, remember that one of the best ways that you can support us is by leaving us a rating um, or even better, leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. We are almost on the first page of podcasts that come up when you type in the OC. And if we have uh, more reviews, more ratings, we can be on that first page. We right can now, overtake there's only... them. Yeah, right now there's like one more OC podcast and then, and then three church podcasts. Um, so let's do this. Let's do yeah, it like the Reformation. Mm-hmm. Bring us onto the first page. Let's do this. 
Let's do it. All right, gang. We'll see you next week. Bye.